Okay. Student Radio Maastricht. Hello, people of Maastricht. This is the Maastricht Diplomat speaking. This is Stella. This is Caro. And this is Amelie. You're listening to our very first podcast about a special event coming up, the European elections. Um, we know you guys have lots of readings to do, and we felt like there was some confusion about the European elections. So we decided to make it easier for you. If you ask yourself what you can expect from this podcast, first of all, we interviewed Natasa Arnasiadu, who's a professor for EU law at UM and who has previously worked for the commission. She talked to us a little bit about her current perception about what's going on in the EU. She explained how the EP and its elections work, and she tells you why you should go vote. Then we'll introduce the principal political groups and point out their main ideas. Um, keep in mind, we from the Master Diplomat don't want to be apolitical. On the contrary, we want to politicize the EU more. But rest assured, we won't dictate you who to vote for. But we will try to help you make a decision. If after all of that you're still not sure about your choice, don't worry, we asked around and got some student opinions. So get comfortable and enjoy. Good morning, Natasa. Um, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us, first of all. Can you tell us a little bit as to why you think these um, European elections are important personally, or are they even important to you? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, I indeed believe that uh, these European elections have a significant importance for various reasons. Uh, we are now experiencing a turning point in the EU integration process. Uh, we're about to lose an EU member state for the first time ever. Uh, we see Euroscepticism uh, rising in many member states, and even here in the Netherlands, that uh, counts as a Europhile uh, country, uh, always one of the founding members and always very pro-European. Uh, we have seen today uh, the, the results for the Senate, uh, where uh, the, the governing uh, parties, the coalition, have, lo have lost their majority and we have seen uh, a Eurosceptical party winning ground. Uh, so I believe that these European elections will set the tone um, for, for the European integration process that we want uh, and how the future of the Union should look like. This is why I, I think it's really important to vote and I would encourage anybody to exercise this very important right. If, as a student, I do choose to vote, um, who exactly am I voting for? Who, wh what is the European Parliament actually composed of? So uh, you will vote uh, for candidates of national parties. So at the moment, we don't have the concept of a European party with transnational lists. So we, we still have national lists, so, so you vote for national parties and for national candidates. But then these national candidates uh, normally belong to European parties, which are grouped. Uh, in, in the European Parliament, so we have European groupings uh, of, of parties and individual candidates within the European Parliament, and then they shape European politics. So by voting uh, a national candidate uh, from a national party, uh, you send your representative to the European Parliament. A lot of people criticize that the European Parliament is the only institution in the European Union that's directly elected by EU citizens. Um, do you see 
an issue in this, especially um, considering the fact that traditionally there's a comparatively low voter turnout um, to the elections for the European Parliament. So the fact that the European Parliament is the only democratically elected institution is also again partially true, in which sense? It is true that it's the only institution with a European mandate, uh, which means that the, the, the mandate of the MEPs is a European mandate. So they don't have at the same time another function. So they, don't, they are not at the same time national MEPs and European MEPs as this used to be in the very beginning of the European integration process. So now they have only one mandate, a European mandate, and they are supposed to represent the Union citizens. However, also the other political actors are also democratically elected just within the national political context. So the, the, the council members, they are ministers democratically elected in, in the national member states. Or uh, like the commission president. The commission president is proposed uh, by uh, the European Council, taking into account the European elections according to, to the European treaties and then being elected by the European Parliament. So we see again uh, the, the, the link between the legislative and the executive power. So I think it is again an oversimplification of the current European governance to say that the only link between EU citizens and the EU institutions is the European Parliament. So we have representative democracy and of course different functions uh, have different type of democratic legitimacy. So would you say that there is no democratic deficit in the European Union? I wouldn't say that there is no democratic deficit, uh, but I would say that uh, yeah, there are there are always problems uh, of of the of the functioning uh, of a, of a system of a political system, which you may find also within uh, a member state. So I think that no political system is immune of such problems. And um, maybe the first step towards a more democratic union uh, is instead of just criticizing the flaws of the system, also to use the tools we have, uh, because there are indeed quite many tools uh, for citizens to use in order to participate in the, Euro in the European governance. And maybe the first step is to use these tools and then to uh, to consider possible improvement of the system. Whenever there's talk about the European elections, um, I always hear this term Spitzenkandidaten. Uh, there's always talk about that. Um, can you maybe explain what that is all about or what does that even mean? This is indeed a very topical issue because we hear a lot this term now uh, in view of the upcoming European elections. So traditionally, uh, the Commission President uh, was agreed um, by, by normally by consensus uh, from the uh, European heads of state or government. So this was the traditional approach. Um, steadily, the European Parliament has gained more and more powers, more has has a say on this procedure of the election of the President of the Commission. And now with the Lisbon Treaty, so the current provision says that the European Council, when uh, making this proposal for the for the Commission President, they have to take into account uh, the results of the European elections. And then 
at the end of the process, the European Parliament has to elect this candidate, this person proposed by the European Council. So what does that really mean? So it means that the European Council need to make a proposal that will in the end be, be backed, so be supported by the majority of the MEPs. And what do you personally think about this? Do you, do, do you think this direct link is necessary? I think that it in, indeed uh, increases transparency in the whole uh, election process of the European Commission president and it indeed reminds a bit more of national elections because in national elections normally when you go to vote uh, for the members of your national parliament you know that at the same time you have a say for who becomes president or prime minister depending on, on each Uh, system, electoral system. So making this link between the European Parliament elections and the European Commission president, we indeed uh, make clearer to the, to the citizens going to the polls to vote what they vote for and what they can actually influence through this vote. Yeah. Maybe as a last question, If I'm a student and I haven't really made up my mind about who I want to vote for in the European elections yet, um, do you have a recommendation where do I get useful and reliable information from about European politics, for example? That's indeed a very good question because currently, uh, as we said, the European elections are still very much dominated by national politics. So 99%, I would say, or maybe, okay, I'm too pessimistic, let's say 80% of the voters will vote normally on the basis of national criteria. So they vote the same candidates that they would vote also for the national or the regional elections, most likely. And the reason for that is, we explained it before, is because you still vote for a national party and... Uh, so the, the main source of information at the moment lies indeed with uh, national media that cover uh, mostly national politics, but we indeed have more and more European media that have a clearer focus on EU politics. For example, Euronews covers mostly uh, European uh, interest politics, And also Politico is, is an online newspaper uh, that also covers mainly uh, EU politics. Uh, so the first source would always be the national media and the national political sphere, but we still, uh, we, we indeed have European media. And I personally read uh, daily uh, Politico and I also uh, listen to the Euronews every day. So you would recommend to go beyond the national media from time to time to <laughs> Especially if, if, bit, if yeah. you're interested uh, more in European politics, uh, then I would say that uh, this media have a clearer European focus. Okay, um, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Amelie. It was a pleasure for me. Those were definitely some interesting insights from Natasa, um, but one of the main questions we would also like to talk about in this podcast is why it's so important to go vote, especially this year, and whether our single vote would actually make a difference. Yes, exactly, Amelie. So we've all been told that voting is important, and even if it is obvious, here are a few reasons why. 
First of all, the EP has more power than we might think because it has considerable influence as co-legislator with the council, supervisor of the commission and has some significant budgetary power. Secondly, if you have any opinion on anything going on in the EU, then this is your moment to go vote and express your view. Guys, we're all adults now and the future depends on us. So even though voting once won't be the solution to all of our problems, it's a good starting point. Stella from the Maastricht Diplomat actually did a little research for you on the main ideas of the political parties in the European Parliament. So Stella, tell us, which parties were most successful during the last elections? In the last elections, the leading party was the EPP, the European People's Party, which is comprised of Christian, democratic and conservative politicians. The EPP advocates for respect for traditions and associations, environmental issues, pluralist democracy and a social market economy. Its priorities include the completion of the European single market and the European neighborhood policy. Along with the SND, they formed a coalition. The SND is the Progressive Alliance of Socialist and Democrats Party. It's a center-left party which advocates for tax transparency, an economy based on renewable sources, but also the implementation of the European Youth Plan in order to help young people with employment and education. The lead candidate is Dutch politician Franz Timmermans, and he's from Maastricht, guys. All right. Um, well, during the last five years, a lot of things have changed, and it is likely that they won't be as successful um, as last time. So, Stella, please tell us what is changing this year. Um, who is on the uprise now? Well, now, um, Carol, we have the Alliance of Liberals and Democrats for Europe, otherwise known as ALDE. Um, which is a pro-European group advocating for free market economics, gender equality, as well as LGBTI rights. It also advocates for liberal democracy. It has nominated a team of seven candidates, but uh, Margrethe Verstager from Denmark is seen by some analysts as the most favored um, future commission president. So are there any new parties um, this year? And who's likely to win seats in the parliament? Well, one of them is uh, Volt Europa, otherwise known as just Volt, which is a pro-European political movement, uh, the first ever attempt at creating a pan-European party. Their agenda involves many policy fields such as climate change, migration, economic inequality, international conflict, terrorism, and the impact of the technological revolution on the labor market. It's a transnational party, which we can say supports the idea of Democracy, a polity of multiple distinct people, a polity of polities, if you want, which is an alternative to democracy, seen by some. Another one in the scene right now is the Democracy in Europe movement 2025, shortly as DM25, which is also a pan-European political movement launched in 2015 by Yanis Varoufakis and Sretsko Horvat has a diverse political character and advocates for social ecology, ecofeminism, post-capitalism, and European federalism. They also defend the implementation of a universal basic income. Thanks, Stella. So the parties you have mentioned until now are all rather supportive of the European idea. Um, but who could I vote for if I consider myself more conservative and Eurosceptic? Well, there are some uh, options about that. 
first of all, we have the European Conservatives and Reformists, the ECR, which is a Eurosceptic and anti-federalist group, sometimes considered center-right to right-wing. The ECR strives for free enterprise and free trade, sustainable clean energy, strong family images, as well as the sovereign integrity of the nation-state, and effectively controlled immigration. The other ones which are Eurosceptic as well is the Europe of Freedom and Direct Democracy and the Europe of Nations and Freedom, which both are Eurosceptic, far-right groups, and also their main ideas are nationalism and anti-immigration. Now that Stella introduced you to the main ideas of the main European political parties, um, we thought it might be interesting for you to know what other students think and for which parties they vote. Even though it wasn't easy to find many students who already made up their mind about who to vote for, here are a few that did. We could not find a supporter of every party. Turns out Maastricht really is kind of an EU supportive bubble. But here for yourself. I'm Johanna and I vote for Volt because Volt is the first party who has a pan-European program. That means all the in every country Volt uh, runs with the same program. That means if you vote for Volt, you know exactly what you want. And I think that the European Union is, despite its many shortcomings and flaws, still a really important part of the European life. And Volt really wants to try to make the European Union more effective and closer to its citizens. Hi, my name is Max and I'm going to cast my vote for the Social Democrats in the upcoming European election. For several reasons. Firstly, I believe that uh, social redistribution of wealth can only be conducted fairly through the social democratic approach as it entails also the economically less privileged parts of the European society. And secondly, I believe that the current social problems which we're facing in Europe can only be effectively tackled through a stronger and united Europe. And frankly, I do not see other parties putting this much emphasis on the social uh, aspect of this problem. Hi, I'm Simon, and I'm going to vote for the Green Party, which is not something I would do on the national level, actually. But um, I think they're a good choice for the elections because uh, well, what the European Union is good at is regulating stuff, right? It's regulating the common market. And the European Union uh, Parliament is not all-powerful in that, but um, every regulation does have to pass Parliament and can be amended by Parliament. So if... If it is greener, then every single regulation on the common market or on trade uh, could have a green imprint, right? Could take environmental and consumer protection more into consideration, and that's very important to me. And I think, yeah, I think the U union has a great potential in becoming a meaningful protector of the environment. And that's why I'm voting green. Hi, I'm Lou. Uh, I'm a second-year European studies student, and I'll be voting for Volts. So Volt is a new party uh, just recently created and it will be uh, participating in 10 different countries all over the European Union with a single party and a single program. Well, this is unique. It's the first time it's been tried and it's very important because right now, if you're going to vote for a party, it will be a national party, which will then be unified in a larger frame of your European families, which to some extent functions currently, but the problem is that they're extremely fragmented and they don't really function as a whole effectively. That and their leadership is not as connected to the European populace as they should be. So um, I feel this is necessary because we are, if we are going to have a true European 
political system, we need European parties with direct, direct representation to the people. Politically, they're somewhat in the center, maybe center-left, progressive, uh, basically guaranteeing a basic dignity, dignified life for every person, while still allowing for uh, autonomy of the, uh, of the individual. Uh, my name is Valentin, um, and uh, I hope that the European elections now facing the rise of political extremism or Brexit are an opportunity for change and setting a new trajectory for a common European future. And I am leaning towards voting for the PES, the Party of European Socialists, because I strongly believe in a social market economy that is built to serve and support the people and also focus on wealth distribution, not leaving anyone behind um, to tackle issues like, for example, boosting um, and getting back on track Italy's economy and without forgetting about the well-being of their people. And um, I hope and I think that the PS has the potential to shape a European future that can benefit us all. That is something that, for example, extremist parties cannot and that's by strengthening, for example, um, the debate about European identity, especially amongst our youngest European citizens, and strengthening the civil societies in countries where that has been compromised, like, for example, Hungary or Poland. Hi, everyone. I'm Matthijs. I'm from Belgium. And in this European election, I will be voting for the Liberal Party, ALDE. This has uh, several reasons. And one of them is that for um, a party that doesn't have that many votes on the national level, maybe. They have a lot of experience in their European candidates. People like Hiver Hofstadt, uh, Margrethe Vestager are champions for European policies. They've done very well. Um, Margrethe Vestager is currently the most popular commissioner on the European Commission for her work for fair competition. Another important point for me is that they're the most pro-integrationist party, um, recognizing that a lot of policies are uh, more efficiently solved on a European level than on a national level. And I'm thinking about climate change policy here and energy independence and other stuff like that. Finally, I think they're realistic about the need to find a balance between properly regulating companies and helping improve social equality while at the same time maintaining a competitive position in the global marketplace in order to protect us from trading blocks like China and the US um, to remain independent of these influences. A um, good example for this is Huawei and the uh, search to find a provider for 5G technology, which we don't have in Europe ourselves. For all these reasons, I think it's a good idea if you consider voting for Aldi. Hopefully these perspectives were useful, but if you still feel like you want to know more, don't worry, you can find further articles on all the European groups and also instructions on how to vote on our blog, The Master's Diplomat. We get that you're confronted with the upcoming European elections and all kinds of media these days, but this is it from us, the Maastricht Diplomat. We would like to thank the Student Radio Maastricht for providing us with the necessary tools. Um, actually, go check out their podcasts too. Thanks for listening. We'd love to get some feedback from you. Um, if you liked it, we might be allowed to make another one.